here tonight. <clears throat> Good to have you all here. Tonight we'll be looking at Acts chapter 16, continuing in our series, And So We Pray. Think about being thankful for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, usually, hey, Jamar, good to see you. Welcome back. <laughs> usually we think about our circumstances and what causes us to be thankful. You know, we see Jamar back, certainly we're thankful for a safe trip. Um, we see Jeff and Sandy here, we're thankful for God's blessing to travel on, on them. Others that in our group that are traveling or will be traveling uh, for the holidays, we're certainly thankful for, for those things, God's protection. Um, and we normally associate um, thanks and uh, thankfulness with good things and blessing. But tonight we'll see in this, this account of what happens is that we see Paul and Barnabas, excuse me, Paul and Silas are thankful. Look at verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I ask the question, what was their circumstance? What was their circumstance? They were in prison. Why were they in prison? Teaching the word of God. Look, I'm going to look at tonight at several, I call them points of amazement in, in this short account. And as we look at them, I don't know how well you can see that. I hope it's something you can see. Points of amazement. Um, look for things that are out of the norm, things that don't normally happen that way, okay? And when we see that, what we're going to see is that God is working. These are some of the indicators that God is working. The first thing we see is that... <clears throat> Paul and Silas, we saw that last week, they helped an oppressed girl. We talked about the condition that she was in. She was being used, abused by her masters. They were using um, the power, the gift that she had uh, for their own gain, for their own money. And what did Paul and Silas come and do? Well, they, they helped her. And what happened as a result of that? Well, this is what happened is they were arrested. I wanted this to be in red, so I don't know. There it is. Arrested, beaten. Those two don't go together. Help somebody and get mistreated for it, right? How is God working in that? Well, oftentimes God has us doing things that are not things that uh, people respond well to all the time. And we see he is working in that. Now, the next thing we see is that they are arrested and beaten, and then in, in verse 25 we saw 
What did they do in jail? Praying and singing. I'm not going to ask how many of you have been in jail, but you can even imagine. <laughs> you can imagine that circumstances in jail don't normally lead to this praying and singing, at least not out loud. This is kind of a praise and singing, okay? Um, and so these two don't go together, but God is working here. God is drawing some attention here, all right? When, when they did this, helped this oppressed girl, and they were, were beaten, you said, well, how is God working in that? When things like that happen to us, we don't often see God's work. In fact, if he is, we wish he'd work another way. <laughs> Uh, but he is working. They are arrested and beaten, and yet they are praying and singing. And, and you know, of course, it, we, we need to relate that to our thanksgiving. We, we are, ought not just be thankful for the pleasant things in our lives. We, I mean, that's what we are thankful for. But we need to be reminded that even in the unpleasant things, we don't jump up and praise God all the time, but we need to recognize that God is working in those circumstances. In fact, he sets those up uniquely for his glory and for his power to be shown. Okay? Um, now, they are praying and singing, and the next thing that amazed me about their praying and singing, now we praised and we sung uh, 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 tonight, but something amazed me about them. They're in prison, and they begin praying, and they begin singing, and it says something. Let's see if I can find that verse. Yes. Uh, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. What's amazing about that? Prisoners listening. You ever try to <laughs> witness in a chaotic environment? You don't always get that. You don't always get that. I wouldn't expect that to happen in jail. Man, shut up, right? <laughs> At midnight, too, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> they were actually paying attention. You don't always get that in church. <laughs> we get to sleep in the park. <laughs> so you see something unusual happening here. And it, again, it lets us know, in this case at least, that God is doing something. God is doing something. It is unusual for them to be praying and singing at midnight after being beaten brutally. That's unusual. It's unusual for prisoners to be, have a list. You, know, you get the sense that they were listening to pay attention because they want to know what was going on. Not just like a nuisance, but hey, they were, they were hearing. Now, later on we see in this story with the reaction of, of the, uh, the jailer, that there was something going on in this praying and singing that I think ought to be happening when we pray and when we sing. Is that, and that is that 
the word of God was shared in such a way that it was leading people to think rightly or biblically about who God is and what he's doing. Right? They were communicating God's truth in such a way it brought conviction to people. And we see that happening later in the story. Next we see an earthquake. And, and that is amazing. But something happens with the earthquake that to me is amazing as well. Is that, <clears throat> find the verse there, verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. What, what, do, you, what do you sense there? If that was a movie, what would that be looking like? Special effects, right? What, what kind of special effects? <laughs> right. What, what, what would that scene look like? Describe it for me. Okay, I see the second one. I don't see the first one so much. I see ceilings caving down, right? Walls falling apart, right? Chaotic people running, yelling, people getting crushed. I see the wall falling in and sinking in, right? I see destruction. I see chaos. I see damage and probably injury. But that doesn't happen here. In fact, you know, what I would expect if my house caved in, I would expect my front door to collapse on me. And I, I would... It, what I would be fearful of, it, 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 I might get trapped inside. In fact, that's what people are afraid of with, with earthquakes. And we try to engineer and build buildings so that that doesn't happen. So what's unusual is the earthquake and is that people are safe. And there's not this huge destruction and, and, and death. That's amazing. Because the earthquake seems to be centered in this location right here. But that doesn't happen. Instead, what happens is doors are open and bonds are loose. Now, I, I, I can't picture that. If, if I got a chain on me with, a, with, with this bracelet and this chain and I'm kind of chained to a wall or I'm chained to a stone or whatever, it's hard to, you know, I, I watch movies and I'm always critical of special effects. You know, you got this hero and all of a sudden this earthquake in and boom, now the chains break loose. Wait a minute, how did that happen? That doesn't seem to go with the earthquake. You know, you see this big rock falling and it falls right on the chain, right? Right on the chain and the chain splits right open, right? And now you're free. That doesn't go together with the earthquake, at least in my mind, in my thinking. Something unique is happening here is, is what, we, what we ought to be seeing. God is working. Doors open, bonds loose. Now, what else do I expect with this? Free for all. Run. You're free. Prisoners should be escaping. Either they are, are um, um, great bodily injury or they're escaping. Neither of those happen. Doors open, bonds loose, prisoners are safe. Nobody seems to be injured. A couple other things happen that just kind of get our attention. 
we know the um, jailer is about to kill himself. He's about to commit suicide. And that, that kind of is a natural thing of what you would expect in a sense. I mean, it, it seems gruesome, and it is. Um, but since he's responsible for all those prisoners, he, he suspects that they're all missing, that they're all gone. And because of this chaos, they take advantage of this and escape. And he knows he's responsible. His life is in danger. He figures, I'm going to take myself out so that I don't have to, to go through um, the ordeal that, that is sure to come. But he doesn't do that. <clears throat> and what happens is, um, verse 28, Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. That doesn't make sense to me. We are all here. Why? <laughs> I understand Paul and Silas. I don't understand everybody else. We're all here. They don't seem to be injured, but they're not running away. Why is that? God is working in some special ways. So we mentioned doors open, bonds loose, but they are all there, and they are all safe. <clears throat> then the next thing happened. Verse 29, a jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. I see the jailer is fearful in front of them. He, he goes to Paul and Silas, and, and he trembles. There's a, there's a different kind of trembling that's happening, happening here. Uh, in my mind, he would be trembling because, huh? He'd be trembling because the prisoners are free now. The same ones he probably beat, like Paul and Silas. It's payback time. <laughs> but that's not why he's trembling. What does he say when he's trembling? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He is more concerned with his spiritual condition that he's now awakened to, enlightened to, than the threat that could be on him physically. God is working there. And so we pray. We look for amazement. We look at points of amazement. We see God is working. We are thankful for God working in unusual circumstances. It's not just um, thank you, Lord, that I'm healthy and I have a good job. Those are good things we should be thankful for. But God is doing something with your health. He's doing something with your good job. He has a purpose for you, and he is working in your life, and he's working through your life. And we ought to be looking at those and praising, praying, and seeking the Lord for what it is that he's trying to do. I think the Holy Spirit wrote these things to, to, to get our attention to show us how God is working in situations. He also wants us to see or, or be open to see how God is working in our lives. It may be unusual ways, ways that we don't expect or things that, that out in different ways than we would have expected. Or we think God should work in one way and he works in a totally different way. He is working. He is working. What we, what we have us pray in thanksgiving to God. We pray in, in laying ourselves before God. God, work as you please in my life and, and uh, help me to welcome that and help me to uh, submit to your work.
Good evening, Saints. We're going to do our time of meditation, take a little bit of a break from Hebrews. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All the time, never. You get in arguments and you say that stuff, those are loaded terms, right? When we look at God's word and we see those loaded terms, we should draw our attention. And so let's look at all of those powerful words. I'm going to emphasize some of these powerful words here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The extremes in that verse are literally drop a pencil and be asking God why. Because if you focus just on that little circumstance, that dropping a pencil becomes everything. I think of my children. Little things can be the end of the world to them. Right? If we get some food at hand. Now, what does that mean? Look earlier in the passage at verse 2 and 3. It says, I entreat Eudia and I treat Syntyche to address. I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. What situation was going on in verse 2 and 3? First solution to a dispute is rejoice in the Lord always. It's hard to fight if you rejoice. Second thing is being reasonable. What does it mean to be reasonable? Being reasonable doesn't mean to adopt what somebody else's understanding is. Being reasonable is to try to see things from more than just your personal perspective, right? That's what it means to be reasonable to the job. And my boss don't give me a raise. I'm mad. If that's the end of my perspective, I'm not being reasonable. But if I recognize my boss can't just change the pay scale just because I want to, he has to answer to his boss. Now that's reasonable. Why is it reasonable? Because I'm looking at it from his perspective. I don't necessarily have to agree. Reasonable is being able to see things from some perspective outside of your own mind. Somebody that is willing to reason is willing to allow somebody else's thoughts to enter their own thoughts. Reasonable. And then the other thing he says, the Lord is at hand. I think that's a threat. Right? What do it mean the Lord is at hand? It's like what if we saw some kids fighting and they didn't know their dad was right behind them? That's what the thought that I get from that, right? Lord is at hand. We can't be fighting and squabbling when God is standing right there. It's like the kids that wouldn't be doing that if they knew their dad was there. One of those passages is very easy to quote, but it's hard to do, isn't it? But it's possible for us to do it if we keep in mind those things. 
if we have thankfulness, I remember the quote from John Piper. I'll never forget it now that I've known it. Thankfulness is the guardian of the heart. Another way of saying that is it's really hard to sin and be thankful at the same time. Meditation for today. Any other thoughts that we have before I hand it over? Just step outside of the box. But what I mean by that is there's a square that he's supposed to stand in when he's taking a shit. And he will step outside, and that's a timeout. One, refocusing. They're not catch, getting into the pitcher's pace, right? Sometimes somebody just come at us with something, and we come right back with them. Right? That's how I like to be. You come at me, I'm going to come at you. God is saying step outside the box. Somebody come at you. Somebody else rush you into responding in a way that you know God don't want you to. Right? If that takes a minute of being quiet and they want to be impatient, that's on them. But you step out of the box sometimes. How long are you going to think? I'm, I'm ignoring you. You're going to have to wait. And then when you come back, then you do it. You will find that your ability to engage them will be a lot better. Y'all doing tonight? Real quick, um, I didn't get to give the financial forecast for today. Um, we are, on our weekly goals, we're behind $2,100. We're up almost one whole week behind in our giving. Um, it's becoming the annual um, end of the year slowdown for the holidays. So really try to encourage people to kind of step up their giving. Like I said, we have a goal to get caught up by the end of the year, so we really got some work to do. So just continue to encourage each other, continue to give generously. Um, for our part tonight, who all has plans for Thanksgiving? Show of hands. I guess only five people in here got Thanksgiving. Can't raise your hands. Y'all can't raise your hands. All right, show of hands. Who is spending uh, time with family for Thanksgiving? There we go. There's more. Jamar, you got no plans? Shut up, bro. All right, so... Um, you know, we think of Thanksgiving, it's time to really kind of be thankful for a lot of what God has done for us. And like, by the show of hands, like everybody's got family, someone to hang out with for Thanksgiving. Um, so for our prayer time tonight, I want, we'll have two people pray. One person to pray, just continuing to thank God for all he's done for us. I mean, make your pick. I mean, he's done so um, Just the mini ministries that we're doing, whatever your heart leads you to pray about. Um, I'll have someone else pray also for just the ability to um, spend Thanksgiving with family. There was a little boy at my job today, and um, no, because his auntie does all the cooking, and she's out of town, and his family's lazy. So that they're going to do nothing for Thanksgiving. And they said, he said, maybe we'll go get some fried chicken. And I'm just like, that's a dang shame. I was just like, I was almost like, you know, y'all can come to my Thanksgiving. But I was like, I know these people, so I don't know. <laughs> But so, so I have someone else pray that we have family, um, you know, we have godly fellowship that we can spend time with for Thanksgiving and people that we can just celebrate 
um, being thankful with. And then I'll close with that. I'll focus on you and our immediate family who are focused on you and that we can just spend time and enjoy the holiday season and just be thankful to you for um, being family members and friends that um, will be spending time with us over this um, vacation holiday season. We ask that you just continue to help us be mindful of this um, uh, Thanksgiving spirit um, for the things that you've done for us and sometimes